Today's episode is sponsored by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash BrainsOn right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BrainsOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Big questions help us explore our world and connect with each other in new ways. Now is your chance to come together with other Brains On listeners to support the show you love. Make a gift by June 30th to help us reach $5,000 in listener donations, and you'll unlock a $5,000 challenge from our generous board of directors. Contribute at BrainsOn.org slash donate. You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Buckle in the backseat, near and far, it's a brains-on-road trip in the car. I spy something green and white. Is it a road sign? Yeah. How about this? I spy something green and tall. Is it a tree again? Yeah. We've been driving so long, I guess we're running out of new things to spy. Wait, I got one. I spy something noisy and fun. Noisy and fun? Is it that car ahead? No, that's just noisy. Is it that funny billboard? No, that billboard's really not that funny. Give up? Yeah, what is it? The start of the episode. Woo! Brains on road trip part two. Ha, that is just what we needed. Let's turn it up. listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom, and here again with me is Gabriella Hopper from Lorton, Virginia. She's my co-pilot for our road trip through the science of cars. Hi, Molly. In the first episode, we looked at how engines work. If you haven't heard it yet, the magic word is explosions. And we covered how cars were invented in the first place. Today, we're zooming ahead in time to the future, the future of fuel. But to get to the future, we need to start with the present. And this question from Caitlin. My name is Caitlin from Seashell, BC, and I was wondering why is car exhaust so bad for the planet? Great question. In our last episode, we explained how gas powers cars. Internal combustion engines create a reaction between gas and the air. That's the explosion. One of the byproducts of this reaction is energy, which powers the car. But there are less pleasant substances that are also created during this reaction. Like hydrocarbons, nitrogen oxides, and carbon monoxide. These substances are harmful to the environment. However, there's a part in cars designed to reduce these three substances. It's called the catalytic converter. It takes these harmful pollutants and transforms them into less harmful emissions. But even if your engine is working perfectly efficient and the catalytic converter was doing a perfect job, the basic combustion reaction creates a byproduct that cannot be avoided. Carbon dioxide, also known as CO2. It's a colorless gas with no smell. It's made from carbon and oxygen. In this case, di means two, so that's one atom of carbon bonded with two atoms of oxygen. And carbon dioxide by itself is not a bad thing. We make carbon dioxide all the time when we breathe. (sighs) Hey guys. Hey there, CO2. Sup? 
just floating through life. We exhale this stuff, but plants take it in and use it during photosynthesis. That process, in turn, makes oxygen for us to breathe. Ooh, a fern! I'm gonna hop in there. See you guys later! Thanks, CO2. See you around. This is all part of something called the carbon cycle. Animals, including humans, exchange carbon dioxide with plants. The atmosphere exchanges carbon dioxide with the ocean. Carbon really gets around. It's natural. When carbon dioxide makes its way to the atmosphere, it takes a while for it to leave. Hey, we like it up here. Great views. Sky's the limit. Good one, CO2. And get this. Carbon dioxide in the atmosphere makes life on Earth possible. You see, light comes from the sun and hits the Earth. Stuff on the Earth then reflects that energy back into the air as heat. Now, lots of molecules in the atmosphere, like oxygen and nitrogen, just let that heat pass right through back out to space. But carbon dioxide is different. It traps that heat, acting like a kind of blanket. Hey, heat, not so fast. Why don't you stay a while? Yeah, join our party in the sky. Let's mingle. We love heat. And life on Earth needs that heat to survive. Without some carbon dioxide, the planet would be an icy, frozen mess. It would be like a party with too few guests. Hey, anyone else hanging out here? Yeah, I'm over here. Oh, cool, cool. You seen any heat around? Nah, bro. Man, this party is too chill, you know? You're telling me. That scenario is not great for life as we know it. But too much CO2 and things would get super hot. Also, not great for life. It's like a party with too many guests in the sky. What's up? Oh! Excuse me, oh, my toe! Watch it! Trying to get through. Is it just me or is it hot in here? Yeah, there's a lot of heat here these days. You need a bigger atmosphere. And gas is sweat. Whew, it's a scorcher today. For the most part, the carbon cycle on its own can keep the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere in check so we don't get too cold or too hot. The blanket won't get too thick and make us too hot. And it won't get too thin, freezing us out. But lately, humans have started pumping more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere than the carbon cycle can handle on its own. Hey, guys. It's not just from cars, but also power plants and factories. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. They also burn carbon-based fuels and release CO2. Hey, guys. But how do we know this extra carbon dioxide is coming from burning gas and other fossil fuels? And there's just not more people breathing. That's because the carbon dioxide produced by burning fuel is slightly lighter than carbon dioxide found naturally in the atmosphere. Hey, carbon dioxide. Hey, carbon dioxide. How do you like it up here in the atmosphere? Not too shabby. Party on! The amount of carbon dioxide produced by burning carbon-based fuel has been on the rise since the 1850s, thanks to the Industrial Revolution, which gave rise to factories. And with the popularity of gas-powered vehicles, CO2 levels continue to climb. Even though carbon dioxide makes up a small part of the atmosphere... Who are you calling small? Who invited her anyway? Right? As I was saying, even though CO2 is only part of the atmosphere, this increase has an impact. And remember how we said that plants use CO2 during photosynthesis? Well, I bet you can guess which plants take in a lot of it. If you guess trees, you're right. But some of our biggest trees, like in the tropical rainforests, they get chopped down or cleared for other purposes. Without those giant forests taking up the CO2, we are left with a lot more in the atmosphere. It means more and more heat is getting trapped in the atmosphere. That's making average temperatures here on Earth slowly rise. 
leading to changes in our climate. But reducing the amount of carbon dioxide we put into the atmosphere would help fight this change. We're going to talk to one scientist who is working on making that possible. But first, it's time for the mystery sound. Here it is. That was a short one, so I think we should probably hear it again. Yeah. Any guesses? It sounds like somebody unlocking a door and then opening it. Excellent guess. We'll be back with the answer right after this. Our next Versus episode is coming up in July, and we want to know which side you're on. Which do you think is cooler, deep sea or outer space? Send your argument to hello at brainson.org. It's your answers, questions, and mystery sounds that make this show possible. And in order to thank all the kids who share their energy and ideas with us, we started the Brains on a Roll. Listen for the most recent group to be added to this illustrious list at the end of the show. And if you're looking for some more fun to keep you busy in the car, you should subscribe to our newsletter. If you do, we'll send you some downloadable activity sheets dreamed up by the Brains On team that will help you pass the time in style. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Gabriella Hopper. And I'm Molly Bloom. Gabriella, you ready to hear that mystery sound one more time? Yep. Any new guesses? No. Sticking with the opening, unlocking the door? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's the answer. Hi, I'm Elliot. I'm five years old. And I'm Harrison. And I'm seven years old. That was the sound of a Tesla electric car charge port opening and being plugged in. A Tesla is a car that runs only on electricity. No gas at all. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was tricky. Have you ever seen an electric car? Um, I have. I've seen somebody plug their, their electric car into, like, a plug. Yeah, so that's what was happening with this car. But you probably weren't listening to the sound super closely because it's pretty quiet. So that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> Cars have come a long way since they were first invented, and we'll have more on that evolution in a coming episode. But a key way they're changing is in the way we fuel them. Ann Coe is a professor of chemistry at Ohio State University and an associate fellow at the Center for Automotive Research. That's C-A-R for short. Clever, right? Shout out to acronyms. I'm an electrochemist by training. 
basically looking at how do you manipulate chemicals with electricity or how do you generate electricity from a chemical reaction. She got interested in this field thanks to electrons. Those tiny subatomic particles that are a part of atoms. And atoms are the things that make up, well, everything. I was just so interested in the topic. Electrons moving, and you can manipulate these electrons, how they move and why they move. And this expertise comes in handy when you're thinking about the future of cars. So in the car world, uh, there's a push towards electrification. So this means that in the future, our cars will have more electric engines uh, running our cars. And for an electric vehicle, for example, there's two ways to power an electric vehicle. You can use a battery to power an electric vehicle, or you can use fuel cells to power an electric vehicle. If you've heard of hydrogen-powered cars, it's fuel cells that are used to harness the energy from hydrogen. The electricity generated by these fuel cells can power a car, the same way electricity generated by batteries can. If you have a battery-powered car, you need to charge it, just like charging your phone. But a fuel cell needs to be, well, refueled. So hydrogen is a gas molecule, and we use that as a fuel. So it will be similar to driving up to a gas station, but instead of filling up your car with gasoline, you would then fill it up with hydrogen. The fuel cells work like this. In a fuel cell, you typically have an anode and a cathode. These parts can also be found in batteries. Electrical current comes in through the anode and flows out through the cathode. At the anode, you will introduce hydrogen. It's at the anode and cathode where chemical reactions occur. And electricity is produced. Electricity is generated by moving charged particles. Like electrons. And what happens is the anode gives away electrons. At the cathode, you introduce oxygen. Reaction occurs and the only byproduct is water. And at the same time, you produce an electrical current. And this electrical current will allow you to power your car. So the ingredients you need to make power, hydrogen and oxygen, are everywhere. You can get the hydrogen from water, which is composed of a hydrogen atom and two oxygen atoms. That's why water is sometimes called H2O. H is for hydrogen and O is for oxygen. You can break out hydrogen atoms through something called an electrolysis cell. This electrolysis cell also needs electricity to work. The idea here is that um, in the future, we can couple in um, renewable sources of electrical energy. For example, we can have an electrolysis cell that is being powered by wind or by the sun to actually form our hydrogen. That would mean the process creating this hydrogen wouldn't pump any carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. And then you would then take this hydrogen, put it in a fuel cell car, to run your car, and with the byproduct being water. That makes it a closed loop. By closed loop, she means the source for the fuel is also the byproduct of the reaction that creates the energy. You get the hydrogen from water, hydrogen goes into the fuel cell, and energy and water are produced. A closed loop. The other thing you need in order for the fuel cell to produce power is oxygen. So where you get the oxygen, that's, uh, that's easy. It comes from the air. Our air is composed of 20% oxygen. But the oxygen gas in the air is two oxygen atoms bonded together to form a molecule, and that bond needs to be broken. But it's very difficult to break that oxygen-oxygen bond. And the most efficient way to break that bond is to use platinum as a catalyst. 
it causes the chemical reaction. A lot of the efforts in my laboratory are to develop fuel cell catalysts uh, that essentially dilutes the amount of platinum that we need. Platinum is expensive, which makes hydrogen-powered cars more expensive. That's why you don't see many on the road. But Anne and her team are working to change that. Looking forward in the future, we're also looking at different ways to make catalysts that are efficient and durable, but does not contain any platinum group metals. If you look on the road today, cars with electric engines account for only 5% of sales. But by 2025, that number is expected to grow to 25%. Between fuel cells and other higher-performance batteries she works on, scientists like Anne think the future of cars will be electrified. Internal combustion engines are the most common engines on the road today. And a byproduct of combustion is carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide keeps our planet warm. But burning carbon-based fuel is producing too much carbon dioxide and causing the planet to warm a little too much. To replace these internal combustion engines, scientists are working on making electric cars that are cheaper and more convenient to use. That's it for this episode of Brains On. Hey, we should probably stop and refuel. Want to do the honor roll while we're waiting? I'm on it. Lenny from Sydney, Miles and Freya from San Carlos, California, Sophia, Carlo, and Vivian from Boston, Stella from Sulphur, Louisiana, Theodora and Thalia from San Rafael, California, Virginia from Minneapolis, Sophia from Roselle, Illinois, Isaac from Rancho Cucamonga, California, Vi from Granger, Indiana, Natan and Micah from Los Angeles, Ella and Sierra from Swaziland, Elliot from Fairview, Pennsylvania, Ollie from Birmingham, Alabama, Annabelle from Homewood, Alabama, Lily from Brooklyn, Nina from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Asher from Arlington, Massachusetts, Pavan from Edison, New Jersey, Gesham from Chiang Mai, Thailand, Iman from Edison, New Jersey, Wesley from San Francisco, Luca from Toronto, Ruth and Tabitha from Auckland, New Zealand, Evan from Herndon, Virginia, Landon and Lillian from Omaha, Violet from Orlando, Declan from Whitehorse, Yukon, Emma from Mount Perry, Ohio, Emmy and Elena from Minneapolis, Gavin from Caprio, Ontario, Aurelia from Victoria, British Columbia, Oscar from Sydney, Polina and Sabrina from Grand Rapids, Michigan, Ryan from Calgary, Alberta, Michele from London, Athena, Elias and Ariadne from Millersville, Maryland, Johanna from Fraser, Michigan, Max and Jimmy from St. Paul, Ben from Toronto, Moira Rose from Las Vegas, New Mexico, Rachel from Fairfax, Virginia, Marin and Jack from Brisbane, Australia, Holden from Norwalk, Connecticut, and Hootie from Morristown, New Jersey. All right, let's get back on the road. We have a lot more ground to cover. Let's go. Brains On is produced by Mark Sanchez, Sanon Totten, and Molly Boyd. Many thanks this week to engineers Roger Smith, Joe Camoriano, Steve Griffith, and Eric Stromstad, Carolyn Hopper, John Fialka, Lauren D., Courtney Kennedy, Kenny Blumenfeld. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at brains underscore on. And we're on Facebook, too. And email your questions, ideas, mystery sounds, and drawings to us anytime. We're at hello at brainson.org. Or you can find our mailing address if you want to send us physical mail. That address can be found on our website, brainson.org. Thanks for listening.